Let's do the thing with the stuff and the music. Let's do the thing with the stuff. Yes. Hey, we got the inside scoop. We got the story here. It's Think Outside the Box Set. The Internet's only outrage machine. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. And extra, extra. Hey, we're reviewing music here. <laughs> this oh, is I season see. 22. We're <laughs> listening to the albums. <laughs> I wasn't going to do an offensive accent. Well, it's more about the specificity because I was doing like a little Newsies character. And you're like, oh, oh I know sorry. what that is. That's New York. I'm going to do the <laughs> New York thing I know. <laughs> Oh, New York, the third co-host. You know, I kind of think uh, she plays herself in this a... podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's lots of Gershwin, and it's a black and white podcast, mm-hmm. of course. Um, <laughs> and then one of the main characters it's, is it in a relationship with a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a cosmic gumbo. <laughs> This is season 22. We're talking about the albums of Grace Jones in chronological order. Not alphabetical. No. Mm-mm-mm. Not even alphabetical. Not not in story order either. Um, no. Yeah, because she, she went back and did her, the prequels, and she did the special editions, and then she did the, the, sequ- like the sequel to the, to the originals, and it's like, uh, I don't know, it seems pretty like inconsistent at best. Um I thought that was going somewhere, and it totally wasn't. Um, but this, <laughs> speaking of sequels or a big change in direction, this is a different Grace Jones. This is full-on pop. Yeah, this we is get, a pop record. We got, I, I, think, I think Jean-Paul Goud may be in the, uh, the Goud, the bad place, the Goud place. I don't know. He's been <laughs> tossed on his ear. Um, or as the French say, l'oreille. Uh, Jean, I don't think that's how it's pronounced. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think let's. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! I just. Oh no! I just. I pulled up his Wikipedia page. Oh no! Tell us. In his early life. Okay. <clears throat> well, first. Okay. In the in the second paragraph of his early life, I saw this this sentence at the very beginning. Good and his mother shared a fascination with black people. Uh oh. <laughs> and then I. I went back and looked at the first paragraph, and yeah, the- <laughs> I said, uh, oh no, putting these in the same sentence is so awful, Cameron. As a child, Good's mother recognized his natural sense of rhythm, but the most notable characteristic that Good acknowledged in his childhood self was a fascination with Aboriginal and black people. From as early as he well, can remember, Good would draw images of Aboriginals and black people <laughs> and would write stories about the characters he created. Uh, well, Nathan, I, oh. rhythm comes. It, rhythm is rhythm is primitive. Uh, yes, and we discussed as, this as last soon week. as you can rise above rhythm, you become completely arrhythmic, and mm-hmm. uh, that's that's how it works. All the great composers of of world history, by which I mean white guys, uh, they were all completely arrhythmic. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't even tap a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> they would just end up flinging the damn thing across the room. 
they couldn't even walk in a straight line because their feet would just be going every which way at every which time. <laughs> they, they ended up mostly crab Sometimes walking. Sometimes their hearts go boom, 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 and they have to go, hey, knock that out. <laughs> You're being too sophisticated, heart. You're being oh, too cultured. Man. Oh, this is so awful. Do not go. Oh, no. So, yeah, from an early uh, age, he was, like, basically destining himself to find Grace Jones. Over the years, this fascination with black people would only become more feverish. Wikipedia. Jungle feverish. You, I don't know about some of these word choices there, Wikipedia. I say jungle fever because that's the name of his like memoirs, right. not yes. because that's a thing that I ever say. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the only context in which I'll say that. <laughs> this is so. Oh awful. God. Anyway, I think she has ditched him for this album. It doesn't seem like there's any influence of him on it, and mm. most strikingly, the cover of it is so different from any kind of thing that he would have made. Yeah. Yeah, what what can I, we compare this to? Um, uh, she's sort of like com- she's a she's a computer. It's it's she's digitized. She's a Grace Jones computer. Um, oh yeah, she kind of looks like um, a Navi a little bit. Ooh, you know what it is? It's reboot. You ever see that show? Yeah, it's reboot. It's Adult reboot. Swim, big time reboot. <laughs> uh, she kind of has like a, a stair stepper neck thing. Her her face is like got blue scan lines all over it. Um, so I oh, guess she's uh, scanned. This, oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong image. You're right. It is reboot. My bad. It's, it's a so bit Tron. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was yeah, looking at Tron. one of the single artworks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a little grid. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty pretty different from. Um, did you know that like. I forget which one specifically, but I think the one where she has like the she's popping the champagne or whatever that that photo. I think that I don't think that's one Grace is Jones. the one that's called N word arabesque. Is that is that her? I thought that was a di- maybe I'm thinking of maybe I'm confusing it with a different Jean Paul Goud uh, photo maybe. he made after that. Um, I'm going to open an incognito mode uh, in order to search. <laughs> I don't even like. You don't want uh, Google Ads to start like <laughs> whatever they would do with that. Ah, uh, that. Mm. So the one that has the N word in it, uh, I think, titled by Jean Paul Goud. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, that's the one where she's she's like got the uncanny proportions where she's holding the microphone way out in front of her. And she's like has oh, her other arm okay. back and holding her heel. I think the champagne one is is a different model that Jean Paul right. Goud exploited. Okay. Um, well, anyway, uh, yes. Anyway. So we skipped Island Life because that is a compilation album. So that came out in 1985. Uh, the previous one we were talking about, Slave to the Rhythm, that was 85. Apparently, okay. it was super yeah. successful, which I yeah. don't get. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, <laughs> like how that could be super successful. I mean, it's it seems got, so. It's got a bunch of, it's got a bunch of her singles. Uh, it's got a lot of songs on it. It's got "Pull Up to the Bumper," which is not necessarily about. Putting Slave in the to the Rhythm doesn't have "Pull Up to the Bumper." That's the one before. No, no, this is Island Life has "Slave to the Bumper." Oh, the you're saying Island Life is very successful. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so it's got it's got a bunch of stuff. My Jamaican guy. It's got Slave to the Rhythm, which was apparently a big hit. Um, yeah, so it's it's a compilation, you know. Uh, whatever. Um, so that came out in '85. That was also big. But this, the one we're talking about, Inside Story, 1986. This was recorded um, under a new contract with Manhattan Records, and she teamed up with music producer Nile Rodgers of Chic. Um, and she tried to work with that person during the disco era, but did not. Um, and it was this album was recorded in New York, so no more of the um, uh, Compass Point All Stars. Uh, although they might not have been involved in Slave to the Rhythm either. Uh, yeah, cause she's, she, the music producer she's been working with for the last several albums, I think, was Trevor Horn. And so she has changed it up quite a bit. Um, nope, I'm wrong. <laughs> Trevor Horn was only the I'm most not, most recent before this one. Okay, doesn't matter. I'm not as Maybe interested so. in the music of this album as um, the ones before mm-hmm. Slave to the Rhythm. Or even Slave to the Rhythm, because like, for all that album's faults... I think it was pretty sonically engaging for mm-hmm. a lot of it. Uh, this, yeah, just feels more like a pop album. The music isn't as interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's there's like one kind of engaging phrase length moment in the whole album. Uh, the lyrics also aren't as interesting to me. They feel more like generic pop songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess part of that is like there's a moment... Uh, between Grace Jones, like, kind of fame explosion uh, before, like, between when she became the zeitgeist and between then and uh, Slave to the Rhythm, when they start, like, mythologizing her. Right. And um, there's, like, some moments there where she starts to specifically write songs that are um, challenging her own image in various ways, which I thought was really interesting. It is, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, perfect for this show. Um, right. Songs that are offering some sort of counter narrative and um, yeah, but there's nothing like that in this album, no. which isn't necessarily like, you know, although it's fine. There she, are some songs making her that struck me as pretty uh, autobiographical. Um, okay. Which seemed kind of interesting. There's one that seems to like be... Like, Victor should have been a jazz musician or Barefoot in Beverly Hills. I think the one I'm talking about is called Inside Story. Okay. Um, the interesting thing about these uh, these songs is, I think this is her first album that actually has more than one song, unlike Slave to the Rhythm, where uh, she is the first credited writer on every song. Uh, and then second credit is Bruce Wally. Wooly. Yeah. Wooly. It seems like he sort of served as like a consulting writer. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, you know, Grace Jones sold out, man. She totally went mainstream. She used to be like cool and underground. You know, like I I liked her first couple albums better. Uh, (laughs) I liked her middle couple albums better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but this is fine. Yeah, it's not a bad album. It's just like not no. specifically interesting to me. Yeah. Um, well, should we talk about some songs? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about. Oh, let's talk about how I haven't added the sound samples. 
to my sound sample program. Uh, Fill time, Cameron. Fill time. Hurry. (laughs) Oh, no. My favorite thing. Stretch it out. Stretch it. Okay. Improvise. Go. I always do well under pressure. (laughs) Um, So this first song is called I'm Not Perfect in in parentheses, but I'm perfect for you, which I feel is an insult. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. From all the love we're giving, we're not faking. Is this the life we're living? There is some pretty fucking sexy rump rattling bass playing on this album, though. Yeah, that is the strength of this album. You, your rump got rattled. Oh, it got so rattled. It's a little uh, personal to share on the pod, but well, that's fine. It's your decision. You know, sometimes uh, someone plays the bass so good that someone else just has a minor prolapse, and it's totally fine. <laughs> that's filthy. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> oh my god, I'm leaving uh, it in. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Sorry, everyone. Whoops. Um uh yes. Uh what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that little uh bit in the chorus where she's like, now I'm right on time. Uh that's a fun yeah. little moment. I like that. Yeah. Uh had we met at a different time, we'd be perfect for each other. Now we're spending all our time in this world come together. My heart is aching from all the love you're giving we're not faking is this the life we're living there's no punctuation on genius lyrics mm-hmm. um uh and uh i don't really know what this song is about um yeah i don't think that i don't think that these lyrics are good <laughs> no it doesn't seem like it um yeah ooh, and Keith i don't Herring think there's very video. much good melody writing in this either it seems like there's a track and then she sort of fits a melody onto it. Um, but she's more just fitting the lyrics onto pitches, but there's not like a singable melody. I, I think the uh, the catchiest part is now I'm right on time. Like you yeah. said, uh, but even uh, then it's like, I don't know what those lyrics mean or why she's singing that in that moment. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is a great song. I agree. The music video looks pretty fun. Keith Haring shows up and paints a, an enormous skirt. Andy Warhol is there okay. along with a bunch of people from the factory and some of Grace Jones's pals, I guess. Um, it's very fun and colorful. Uh, but yeah, the song is like, I don't know. It it, it feels like it's... Tr- you can kind Well... I think this is something we've run into with other songwriters before where they like kind of imagine a situation and they're like... You know, what would it be like if it was like this? And they try to write a song about that. But they don't really, they don't name the characters. There's, There's no specificity. Of, of an idea there, but it's yeah. not. It's the beginning of an idea. Kind of or the way. beginning of a story. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a premise song. It's not a story song. It's not a situation song. It's a premise. Um, and I it think makes me miss some of, like, weak. Garth Brooks's right you know songwriting yeah uh, um shout out there's to an actual story uh listener uh who was it uh oh brendan, brendan kent brendan kent <laughs> who <laughs> emailed us a bunch of comments about our very first season 
uh, from four and a half years ago. So yeah. this time tomorrow, four and a half years from now. Hi, Brendan. <laughs> you think you think they're going to like catch up in real time? Like, I think so. Yeah, think <laughs> that's the only the re- that's the only thing that makes sense. That one per week. What else would it be? <laughs> Um, uh, there's a moment of explicit sexuality in this, I think. Delicious. Do you want to play the sound sample? Yes. I don't know if I can find my damn program. Sensational. There, uh, it's gotta be this one. Once told me lying on the ground. So, hmm. So, the... The the reason or the way in which she's not perfect is that her teeth go up and down, and you should be keeping those out of the way during a beach. Is that what is that what you're getting at, Cameron? Is that what you think it is? I don't know where you heard teeth. I heard teeth go up and down. Is that not it? I think that she's saying, and this is what the genius lyrics saying, but I think this is what she's saying. But keep going up and down. You once told me lying on the oh. ground, I'm not perfect, but keep going up and down. Sort I, of saying like uh, keep riding my dick, <laughs> even though I'm not perfect. Uh, I want to listen to it again now. Let's do that. I heard teeth again. Does that not sound like teeth? Mm, I heard teeth too. Wow. The mystery deepens. Hmm. The plot thickens. There's uh, there's a lot I of lyrics I heard differently than what's on the genius for this album. Yeah. Either way, I don't know what this is about. Um, this is not a great song. Yeah. It's catchy, but all of the actual, the meat of the song, the melody and the lyrics are the weakest part, which is the Grace Jones part. Yes. And Apparently she, she was involved in the production more than previous uh, albums. Uh-huh. Uh, apparently she had a bunch of fights with um, Niall Rogers. Oh, interesting. The producer. He's the one playing uh, bass and guitar uh, in this one. Huh? Um, I also feel like this song doesn't really uh, play to her strengths as a vocalist. Like her... No, it feels a little more like her early albums where she's trying to sing disco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's she seemed less confident and... Yeah, not quite as good. Um, do you want to talk about Hollywood Liar, which I misheard as Hollywood Lawyer? Hollywood lawyer. <laughs> Hollywood lawyer. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> um, this is it's this song has some fun moments. Uh, liar, liar, liar. Hollywood liar. Who are you to crash my party with your mediocre blow? I like that. It's <laughs> a nice takedown. Uh, I've never done cocaine. I can't imagine having done enough cocaine to be able to say, like, this <laughs> is good cocaine. This is bad to cocaine. To be a connoisseur. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I have not done cocaine Maybe either. someday I'm still young. <laughs> I don't think 
it would be good for me. But then again, speaking of someone who takes literal amphetamines every day, maybe it would just <laughs> like piece the broken pieces of my brain back together. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Finally write that screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> See, Your powder what, has no power over me. What? I was, I was going to do a bit, but it's not a very good bit. So let's skip it. Oh, good. Cool. <laughs> Let's keep going. I was going to try to like be like, a, here's a wacky idea someone might uh, write a screenplay on if they do a bunch of cocaine, but I didn't really have a, a great idea for it. So Let's just uh, nip it in the bud. Uh, the way you talk to the girls from the valley, you're just another liar to me. This is just about uh, a posturing L.A. person mm-hmm. who uh, is name-dropping and saying that they... Wait, hang on. Are there phonies in L.A.? Are there phony people in L.A.? No, that doesn't seem right. That's uh, I mean, L.A. is like famously the land of straight shooters. I mean, that's (laughs) their their, uh, city motto. (laughs) The land of straight shooters. Pew, pew. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it feels like a very time... I feel like the thing about... um, Oh, there's some sort of issue with my computer right now. Uh, That's no good. Um, Yeah, I feel like the the stereotype about LA is that today is that they are all like um, into wellness Mm -hmm. and into kind of new agey spirituality. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel like maybe that wasn't the case at the time of this song's. Right. Yeah, I think it was more like flashy convertibles and wearing a white right. suit and doing a bunch of cocaine. Um, yeah, whereas now it would be, uh, I guess, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what the... Like um, Ram Dass or something. Oh, yeah. Bikram Yoga and uh, very pointedly ignoring all the sexual assault and harassment um, <laughs> accusations against that dude. Uh yeah, so I don't know anything about Ram Dass. I'm just pulling a name out of a hat. Oh, I'm talking about the Bikram Yoga guy. Is is a real I don't know bad, real about bad that. raper guy. Um, anyway, dropping all those names the way you think the game should be played, you're just another liar to me. So this is, I mean, okay, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess it's. It feels like. I mean, it's not a straw man because LA is like fucking full of people like this and always has been, I think. Um, sure. Uh, it's funny that she gets a little bit, I don't know, pointed here. She says, unfortunately, you're my neighbor, but certainly not for long. Did she? She must have moved uh, to LA because she talks about walking barefoot in Beverly Hills, too. Right. Huh. This, al- this album was recorded in New York, though. Hmm. Maybe she has multiple houses. Maybe this is the. Maybe. Or like coastal, bi coastal elite i guess she could have like grace jones rented it because like she she's been filming a bunch of movies so like either right. she that makes sense bought or rented out there i guess for that reason probably i guess i can forgive her that um there's a short little section in french here for no apparent reason and she's not saying sure. anything particularly interesting tu mens tu mens tu dis jamais la vérité tu parles tu parles comme un rat dans la maison uh, you lie. You lie. You never tell me the truth. You talk. You talk like a rat. 
in the house. Or it might be mouse. I always forget if uh, ha is, uh, is rat or mouse, because raton. But that could just be Spanish I'm thinking of. French. Oh, it is rat. Okay. Ha. 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 I was not expecting that sound sample. <laughs> oh, did you hear that? Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm Whoops. assuming that's going to make it into the episode. <laughs> so that's that's our yeah. old pal Google Translate. <laughs> cool. Hey. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if it was please, one of those. Please. Let us podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder if I could just uh, have Google Translate just read out all my lines uh, for me instead of me having to say them. But I'd have to write them in a different language first, though. So I'll write, I'll write them in Spanish. Google Translate can say them in English. And then I won't have to use my voice, and it will be better. Um, uh, should we move on to Chan Hitchhikes to Shanghai? I guess. It's another baffling song. How he got over, he took pride in everything he did. He never had a harsh word of English. Uh, yeah, so this appears to be someone she maybe knows in real life. Yeah. Um, how does he travel? Who's with him? Didn't think Chan had a family. Uh, she says, misses cooking, sense of humor. Uh, we all miss Chan, but we can't avoid. Now there's an empty space. Going to leave, going to give to leave his job. He's the only man I wrote this song. Hey, Chan, what you doing, man? Say, Chan, I wrote this song about you, man. So, I guess... But, like, why this song? It's hard to say. It kind of sounds like he told her an anecdote one time. about. Oh, yeah, like, one time I hitchhiked to Shanghai. And she's like, oh, oh, I just had an idea for a number one hit. <laughs> and it's just going to involve me repeating the idea of an anecdote that somebody told me one time. And that's going to be the whole song. Like, what if, ooh, ooh, here's fodder for a song. What if anecdote? Ooh. <laughs> so in the song, it says that his like mom is sick and he needs to go like see his mom in Shanghai. Yes. Um, and I sort of read it as he was in her circle and then he just kind of disappeared and she mm-hmm. knew why, but she, he just had to go take care of business back at home. And I, I kind of a, appreciate the specificity of this mm-hmm. um this happened to me not you hitchhiked to the shanghai, shanghai part specifically but like <laughs> having a friend having an immigrant friend or a friend of an immigrant family who kind of disappears because they have to go take care of family matters but mm-hmm. when they're in you know your friend circle they don't necessarily disclose a lot of information about their families. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're focused on trying to like pass, uh, as, um, not an immigrant or mm-hmm. not a, being in an immigrant family and, uh, focusing on trying to, uh, assimilate. Right. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, erase, their responsibilities and then you know so i think this is like a a, a, i guess kind of a relatable 
thing, uh, like a, a relatable story. Like maybe some other people have this experience mm-hmm. um, of just like, yeah, like where did you go? You just had to like go take care of business, and this wasn't a part of my understand my conception of you. And um, mm-hmm. uh, I I think there's something relatable there. Um, if it had been fleshed out in a more compelling way, I think maybe this was worth it. But to me, this song is just sort of kind of othering and um, <laughs> and is doesn't have anything to examine other than uh, the sort of foreignness of maybe Chan was like more Chinese than I thought or something, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. It's, it doesn't have a lot to say. It doesn't excuse itself for being a piece of art. Um, and um, I think kind of the nail in the coffin is this song starting with a gong. <laughs> yes. Oh, I hope you got a sound sample of so, that. I no, did. You, yeah. You did. Okay. Down, get down, get down, get. <laughs> I wish it was that. Awesome. Um, yeah, uh, gongs are great, um, but mm-hmm. they, at some point, gongs, at least in Western culture, uh, jumped the shark, and we need to not do gongs anymore. Mm-hmm. And by we, I mean anyone who isn't from a culture that uses gongs. Isn't from a land of many gongs. Um, yeah, we need to chill on the gongs, yes, non-gong folk. Um, yeah. Uh, you mentioned that you like the specificity of this song. I think this song needs way more specificity. For instance, sure. one fact that would make this song way better, where does Chan start hitchhiking from? Does he start from L.A.? Does he start in China? Does he start in Kazakhstan? Does he start in can, Germany? Like that can changes one drastically from the over the Bering Bering Strait. Like, uh, if you also hitch, if you hitchhike on a time machine, <laughs> back to when the land bridge was there. Um, is there not a land bridge anymore? No, there is not. I honestly are you t- didn't. Know are you that. writing that down? <laughs> you like lean forward. With the possible, no, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no, there's no language there. Not no more. Um, yeah. Uh, where was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because if you were to tell a story of uh, of Chan hitchhiking to Shanghai from L.A., you could get into some fun stuff with that. Like, how does he hitchhike across an ocean? You know, does he hitchhike and then like stow away on a container ship or something? Uh, like, you could make this song interesting instead of just saying hey there's this um guy who went a place and his mom was there yeah which is basically what it boils down to um i think the song is is counting on the novelty of the uh proper nouns especially uh, in the song yeah to um take the place of actual substance yes that's a good way of putting it in fact, I would I would say I know that the song is doing this because <laughs> there isn't much substance here. Oops. Sorry about that. Uh, it's probably not going to get edited out either because this is going to be middle minimal editing. Cool. Um, this reminds me of a quote from Chippendale Rescue Rangers. At one point, oh, okay. <laughs> sure. I I just looked this up because this this is a line that stuck stuck in my memory from when I was a kid. 
Um, and I looked it up, and apparently it's uttered by a character named Monterey Jack. And he says, I think he's on like a big garbage scow, and he says this, and he says, this reminds me of when I got Shanghai to Shanghai on a junk full of junk. <laughs> Wordplay in kids' cartoons. That goes way over their heads. Who knew? Oh my god. Yeah, why was Shanghai a synonym for um, abduction? Uh, I... Th- I don't know the historical ins and outs, but my gut feeling is I'm going to blame the British. Yeah, it seems <laughs> it seems like a British problem. That does seem like a BP. <laughs> and as we all know, BP's problems are all our problems. <laughs> um, let's move on. Let's go to a difference. Well, can, can I give a music oh. theory corner? Yes. Yeah, oh, please do. Oh, you have a sound sample. Yes. yes, yes. There's a fun little part in the end of the song where it's in 4-4, four, four, and then it switches to 6-4. I think 6-4 is an underused time signature, and uh, I I always want to take note when a song is in 6-4, even if only for a part of it. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to that. Yeah. gong love it yep. uh, see a gong in the in the in the mix of like a, a larger beat isn't necessarily i don't feel like that's as bad but a a, a starting and stopping with a gong mm-hmm. um as if you're doing some sort of ritual is uh in poor taste i think mm-hmm. I but agree. hey it's 1985 or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> um I just did a quick perusal of the Wikipedia articles for uh, Shanghai and Shanghaiing, and it does appear to be a British problem. So cool. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks, Queenie. Um, Victor should have been a jazz musician. That's what I think. This song, the main thing it makes me think of is a distinction that you, Cameron, drew at one point, uh, separating jazz from jazzy. <laughs> and sure. this is this is a this is a top of the heap primo A plus grade pure uncut jazzy, and which is to say, eh, not my favorite. It's good. Yeah. The, the guitar uh, is kind of fun. It's catchy, at least. Um. Uh. Yeah. Jazz being. Um. I've. I've heard. And maybe I'll put something in the learning links if I can find something. But I've heard that there are. Um. Some people advocating. Uh. For jazz not being used as a genre term anymore. Hmm. Um. Which I think is interesting because. Um. Basically, because it's been co-opted so much, but in in like white spaces mm-hmm. and. Th- and also get gate kept. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are some, I think specifically some black uh, musicians who maybe at some 
at some point would identify as jazz musicians, but are, are now trying to say like, we're playing, uh, you know, like traditional black American music or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, instead, because they're like, yeah, we want to play like, you know, soul or R and B right now. And we have jazz, jazz chops Mm -hmm. and we're tired of people saying, you know, is this jazz or not? Mm -hmm. And, um, we're, tired of having that conversation about gatekeeping what is jazz or not right and um you got to be careful though cameron because like there's a bunch of unintended consequences to that like for instance if we get rid of jazz how are we going to know that fraser crane is a man of taste and wealth hmm and is better than us yeah and all those other white people who uh love jazz quote unquote um I could, I could see that. Pretty soon we'll all be eating delicately plated salads and poached eggs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, jazz is like, I mean, it's it covers so many different things. It seems kind of useless as a genre. Because, like, what does bebop really have in common with, like, smooth jazz or, like, hard bop or, like, they're so different. You could probably just like say, I play, you know, Bop or I play Dixieland or whatever. Sure. And it would be so much more descriptive, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. So this song starts as a story. I went to a concert to see Nina Simone. Love her. She's amazing. The concert was over. There was still a band playing the wrap up. Uh, it, it This seems if not a slur, then a, a racially charged word here in the lyrics. I'm just going to skip hmm. that. And it says that he played with his hands. I close my eyes and look at him. Victor should have been a jazz musician. Okay. I like that it's a story. It's putting me there. I'm looking at Nina Simone and then there's someone wrapping up. Okay, great. Unfortunately, it's missing like all the connective tissue. For instance, what music is Victor playing? What genre is he right. playing in? And... Why does his playing make you think he should have been a jazz musician? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is, is he? Yeah. This is. Is he is he playing like Muzak? But he's playing it in such a jazzy way that you thought, oh, he should be a jazz musician. Or is he like in a rock band, but he's like, you know, doing some Steely Dan type shit. And you're like, oh, okay, okay. It should be like jazz rock or dad rock or yacht rock or whatever. Um, it feels to me like when like relatives uh, or friends who don't know about music try to give you advice about music. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, have you thought about like trying to get on like America's Got Talent or something? You know, <laughs> it, it feels like that. It's like this sort of unsolicited, baseless kind of um, opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly. it's such a specific thing to think that someone should have been a jazz musician yeah and not even just like jazz musician doesn't even say jazz guitarist no or jazz trumpeter or something like i don't does she even mention the instrument that he plays i don't think so i mean yeah. she gets into his life I, she must just be like, I don't know if she talked to this dude or like is just totally imagining it. He's living in a fast beat in a city that's hot. Telling all the Latinos and Puerto Ricans Victor seems happy but doesn't even know himself. 
Seems a bit <laughs> presumptuous to say that, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know why <laughs> we're talking about Latinos and Puerto Ricans yeah. as two separate groups yes. all of a sudden. Yeah. He's got to look inside <laughs> to know. In his first life, Victor was a jazz musician. So I guess he hasn't been reincarnated for very long. Uh, if his first life was after jazz was invented. Yeah, if this was a story about someone who had a talent for jazz um, and she just found out you've been a jazz musician this whole time. Mm -hmm. You should have been doing this the whole time. Maybe that would be a story, but that's not in the text of the song at all. It's not. Um, uh, So like this line, yeah. In his first life, he was a jazz musician. Like there's a lot there Mm -hmm. that could be supported by the rest of the song. This idea of there's this great episode of Hey Arnold. Uh, did you ever watch Hey Arnold? Yes. The one that sticks most in my mind is when their Vietnamese neighbor uh, records a hit country song. Is that what, is that what you're going to talk about? That's the one I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. I, that song he, still gets stuck in my head. It's so fucking earwormy. <laughs> he li- Arnold lives in this uh, boarding house that's run by his grandparents. And he has all these... Uh, diverse, interesting uh, other tenants that he has to... Basically, he kind of ends up solving everyone's problems with varying degrees of reluctance. Because um, that's what white boys do, is they solve problems. <laughs> it is a little bit like that, but I think the show is like kind of a sweet show. Yeah, it is. Um, I joke. But uh, I Basically, yeah, his Vietnamese his Vietnamese neighbor is this like wonderful country singer, but he, uh, I guess because I don't know if they address the racial elements necessarily in the episode itself, but basically they have to convince him like your voice is amazing, you should take up space in this scene, mm-hmm. and they have to uh, you know, I think the subtext is definitely like. He's like, why would I do that? You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't think this is going to go over well. Then eventually he, he does. Um, yeah. He, his voice is also just like, I think dubbed over by potentially a mainstream white country singer. Interesting. I'm actually curious. It, it is very um, homogenous uh, with the Sure. Yeah. Singer. He, uh, the character affects this yes. uh, very mainstream country country voice um and yeah that idea of learning something interesting about someone and feeling like they kind of buried the lead like that is an interesting feeling to have about someone Mm -hmm. you know like why didn't you pursue this you know like you're amazing or um but that's again that's not really what the song is about the text doesn't support that Mm -hmm. so uh yeah it's a little disappointing i i'm left sort of having to grasp at what the song was supposed to be about Mm -hmm. and i don't really know yep well um i don't want to talk about all these songs nah um in fact i would even say i don't even really want to talk about this album for very much longer Ah. um i'm uh Kind of interested to talk about Barefoot in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Inside Story. Um, should we just do those two? Does Crush have anything? No, Crush is like so non specific. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about Barefoot in Beverly Hills. I can walk on fire, I can walk on air. 
such a specific sound that this i feel like captures of it feels like a somewhat inspirational like soundtrack song yeah like there's nothing it really has all that in common with like the michael jackson song from free willy but it has like a really similar vibe to me for some reason or it's like i think i know what you mean it's like it's like triumphant but also like a lit like tinged with like melancholy maybe uh it's all the feels is what I'm saying. And it's, yeah. it's hashtag big mood. <laughs> um, and it's about how uh, even when she's living in Beverly Hills, she's still walking barefoot. Is this sort of a Jenny from the block style sound mm-hmm. song? This is a uh, she's made it. She has money. Yeah. Don't she be fooled by the rocks that she walks on. She's still uh, Jenny from the block. Yeah. Look at Ben Affleck kiss me on the butt. <laughs> I believe he does that in the music video. He does. <laughs> that's fine. He kisses J Lo on the butt. Very cool. That's um, hey, that's our generation, man. <laughs> We're the first generation to eat ass, and yet they called the people who fought in like some war the greatest generation. Come on, <laughs> millennials. Uh, I thought that was more of a Gen, a, a Gen Z thing. Oh, the, really? The Gen Z are credited. Oh, with, maybe credited it is. With, yeah. with eating ass. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I won't personally take credit for it, but I'm saying generationally. <laughs> you're a trailblazer, and you inspired the generation that came after you. I think is is the yeah. It's probably me. Yeah. Um, um. Okay. Yeah. So I like the basic sentiment of this song but mm-hmm. a lot of the word-to-word moments are a little bit prosaic i can walk on the stone i can walk on the grass i'm walking all over mm-hmm. this earth mm-hmm. i can walk on the line i can walk on the edge i'm walking all over this earth mm. um i like this list yeah, of things you can walk on tell me more things you can right. walk on i think i would have been a little bit more interested in if there was some some language about walking on different on different surfaces mm-hmm. uh at varying degrees of comfort because of her life situation in her life at she's, various points. She's got a bit of that in the second verse. I keep my feet from burning up. For years I walked backbeat with anything under my feet, an immunity to heat. Uh, an immunity to heat and walk on, you name it. And there's maybe some missing lines there, according to Genius. But she has, like, a rich life with a lot of, like, different kind of experiences, and there's no specificity there. Um, Right. Yeah. Is she, like, saying that because she was born and spent some years of her life in Jamaica, that is that where the heat is? And, like, she she learned to walk on hot things? (laughs) Yeah. I think. It's it's left for us to connect the dots and then wonder if it's racist of us to... (laughs) try to connect those dots in that way maybe but it's not it's not just the jamaica part it's also like she's 
a global person. She's walked all around and she's mm-hmm. traveled and she's lived all sorts of places. And like, you could easily, I think, uh, draw, like work that into your metaphor. Right. About like how, you know, your, when you travel a lot, your feet get worn down and like, mm-hmm. they get tough and they get like, I don't know. There's, there's metaphorical weight that is untapped there right. in, here in in this song uh yeah like obviously i don't know heat heat of like jamaica is probably hotter than where did she go to next rochester wasn't rochester, it yeah new york i mean yeah, it's probably so, hot in the summer and then but philly probably and, not as hot as jamaica i would imagine yeah probably not yeah so like, like I, I don't know we're we're left to connect this is the thing we're left to connect our own dots it's yes. like you should be the one connecting the dots and telling this story. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Nathan these, and I shouldn't be doing this. These songs are kind of like a tray of marbles, just like kind of thrown on <laughs> the floor in front of you. And it's like, yeah. well, why don't you connect these dots? And it's like, well, I don't know if that's what I really wanted to do. Um, yeah, I she, think still walking barefoot in Beverly Hills is a wonderful lyric and everything else doesn't quite support that yeah it really feels like a lot of these songs she had like one line or phrase and she's just like oh that'll be the song chan uh hitchhikes to shanghai ah walking barefoot in beverly hills that's basically it and she doesn't really flesh them out more than that victor should have been a jazz musician and it's like well in isolation go on yeah yeah (laughs) say more words about that please um yeah it's a bit disappointing um, especially yeah. considering like how much like depth and how many layers it felt like she was playing with in the last album with like the slave to the rhythm and interacting with her own fame and the ways that like white people fetishized her and yeah, like there was a lot going on. Um, and there's not very much going on in this album. Yeah. Uh, do you want to skip to inside story? Yeah, let's do that. And let's okay. call it. That's a hymn, right? the music and whatnot that she starts singing yeah oh lord my god that part uh i don't know that one it sounds familiar to me hmm. it's been a while since i've been in like old white lady church <laughs> it sounds <laughs> mm-hmm. sounds similar to me hmm. um i think this is kind of an autobiographical song about her brother chris um and okay. the reason I say that is because I read an article on Slate, which is an excerpt of her autobiography. Oh, there you go. There will be a link to it in the show notes. Um, <clears throat> Chris, uh, she says, uh, Chris was very delicate and feminine. It was tough for him. He played the organ at church, and I would call him church gay, or perhaps it should be church feminine. I think of Prince that way. A whole new gender, really. Um, huh. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Mom was much more understanding of his sexuality and tried not to put pressure on him. My dad denounced him and stopped him playing the organ in church. Piano playing runs in the family, coming down from my mom's dance band dad, Dan, my real grandfather. 
Now that's a tongue twister. Unique New yeah. York. Unique dance New York. Dad. You know you need unique New York. Mum's dance band dad Dan, my real grandfather. Mum's dance band dad <laughs> Dan, my real grandfather. Uh, Chris was an amazing pianist from the age 10, a prodigy. He played like the great Billy Preston at age 11, and he used to contribute all the church music, help the choir. Um, and then my father took that away from him because complaining church members were gossiping that he was gay. Chris was never the same when that was taken away from him. And That's so awful. Yeah, it's really rough. And then in this song, Inside Story, we, we get lyrics like, no one really knew him like I did. He taught me everything that I know. No one really knew him like I did when he stopped playing the piano. Behind the scenes, my daddy was a preacher, and every night at church we had to go, brother always playing on the organ while my mother sang her solo. Yeah. Um, and then, huh. this, this is a, I like this little, I don't know if it's a pre-chorus or what, but the saints are complaining, the saints are complaining, forbidden to play the organ, never to play piano. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Um, I think, I mean, this is one of the songs that is most delved into her like life story or her youth, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've had some autobiographical songs before, but not necessarily one that's like about when she was young that I can recall. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it tells a fairly complete story. Like it has, um, uh, you know, I feel like it kind of highlights the things in that article, but I don't know if the text in the song actually fully supports really the story that you just read. I mean, it doesn't say, it doesn't at any point actually say that he is forbidden to play the organ or the piano. And it certainly doesn't say why. I guess that's true. I mean, I don't know if it explicitly says that, but it's, it's pretty heavily implied when he says, uh, when he stopped, why no one really knew him like I did, why he stopped playing the piano brother, always playing on the organ. And then the next stanza forbidden to play the organ, never to play piano. That seems right. like pretty clear that it's talking about this one person. Okay. Uh, and who's called brother. Um, and then of course, like the daddy was the preacher and the mother's there also. Like it seems, it seems pretty, pretty clear that she's like talking about this family unit. Um, yeah. But I don't know what inside story means. Yeah. She gets, she uses that kind of as a jumping off point to, get a little more discursive or like less literal with it. Um, because she also like is playing with religiousness inside story, lost his glory. She blurs the lines between her brother and God in a lot of ways. How great thou art, how great the art, how great his art, his art. Uh, and then at the end of the song, he made me his art inside story, your art inside my art inside story, his art, his art. Um, I think it's, it's kind of powerful the way she's like mixing all those things together. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Inside story is like maybe the phrase or line that is least followable among that. Um, yeah. It feels like the closest thing to a poetic bluff in this song. Yes, exactly. Um, not that the words are particularly poetic, right? Yeah. Is it, the inside story in the sense that it's like the hidden secret story, or is it the story about what happens inside? Uh, it's unclear. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of weird that she named the song after that actually. Yeah. And the whole album after this. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) I forgot about that part. (laughs) 
Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the rest of this album is, like, pretty explicitly not an inside story. At least not her inside story. Yeah. Or anyone she really knows. The rest of the album is, like, the antithesis of an inside story. It's like, oh, I saw this Victor yeah. guy, and then I imagined a bunch of stuff about how he's in the hot <laughs> city full of Puerto Ricans and Latinos. And it's like, And Grace, Latinos. What? And Latinos. <laughs> Don't forget the Latinos. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think lyrically, this is by far the best song on the album. Yeah. I think I agree. Yeah. Um, and is it... Is it the the Grace Jones song that has attempted the the most complete emotional arc? Maybe, yeah, maybe she's had like well written and powerful songs before, and some of them have like, you know, had some interesting things to say about fame or her image or what have you. But I don't know if we've had like yeah. this like emotional arc um, and catharsis. Yeah. So. We have one more album that's in this time period. We mm-hmm. have an 89 album. It's mm-hmm. the year I was born. Bulletproof Heart. Mm-hmm. And then nothing until 2008. Yeah. Almost so I'm years. really interested in hearing Grace Jones after, um, you know, uh, what is that? 20, 29 years? Is that math? <laughs> Wait, is that? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. Wait, I think that. What? Yeah, from 89 to 2008. That's 19 years. Is it 19 years? 10 years is 99. You're right. And then another nine years on top of that is 2008. Yeah, I think. Cameron, I'm, I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think we've covered an artist that's, that had a huge break like that for a while. Like, I think the closest would be garth brooks like who had like a what like an eight-year gap or something um while he was like i don't know like like between i think 2014 and like 2002 or something like he took a huge break mm-hmm. and um i guess that's more than eight years yes. 12 years <laughs> um he took a big break he did and yeah. uh i'm really interested Abba to took hear. a very big break that's true that's true although there's there's like it's different for a solo artist to take a break versus like a band disbanding and then getting back together yeah Yeah. unless the person disbands their own self i don't know (laughs) god that sounds nice (laughs) sometimes should we wrap up yes we should (laughs) um yeah we'll be back next week with uh bulletproof heart which I think, is it one of the songs from that album that uh, she's nominated for some... uh, (laughs) Wikipedia is a little bit of a little bitch sometimes because in the awards and nominations (laughs) section of her biography, it lists Golden Raspberry Awards. Uh, Hmm. So I don't know if that's necessary there. We've got to do that, Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, I guess they're not songs from that album, though. They are... uh, song or there's there's one for a song called storm which i don't know what album that appears on uh and then she is also nominated for worst supporting actress for a movie called siesta um yeah anyway all that to say we'll be back 
next week with Bulletproof Heart. And until that time, thanks for listening. You can visit us online at boxsite.website, email us at email at boxsite.website, tweet us at Hobius Podcast, go to our Patreon, uh, blah, 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 Discord. Go to our Discord, the link will be in the show notes. Uh, there's some fun stuff happening there. Uh, I meant to post earlier today about uh, how I really wanted to listen to Deltron 3000. Um, so I might just go on a big Del the Funky Homo Sapien kick and just like drag everyone in the Discord with me. So come on and join the ride. I eat the cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's someone else from the, the uh, uh, not Pharaohs, uh, whatever they're called. That hip hop. That's not Del. No, I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. We've had we've had every conversation before. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, you can support the show in a couple ways: sharing the show, telling people about it, getting more listeners, dragging people into it. Um, and if you want to do it, support the support that is more directly. Go to support.box at the website. Kick us a few bucks. You'll get access to all of our bonus materials. You'll help us keep making this podcast. Uh, our bonus materials include things like. Um, our weekly mini show called What's in the Box Week? What's in the Box Weekly, which we've been doing for years now. And uh, this week we talked about uh, Spider Man Fart from Home and we <laughs> checked in on uh, the tragedy of Macbeth a little bit. Uh, Cameron talked about that previously, but I also saw it and I had nothing at all to say about it or contribute, so I went on for a good 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> the other things you should do. Now that I'm telling you what to do, you should uh, listen to Cameron's other podcast. It's called Get Up One in the Cool. One should. Also, you should support Cameron's Patreon and the Patreon of their band members at Tall Poppy String Band. Oh, the uh, Kickstarter. Pa- Tall Poppy Black. String Band doesn't have a Patreon, but we have a Kickstarter, Kickstarter that you have until, I don't know, do it Do it when you hear this. Yes. <laughs> if if you've it's been, still available. If it's you've only going to be on for a few more days. Yeah. If you've been procrastinating... You do not have much time. Walk, yeah. don't run to your nearest internet website machine well. browser. <laughs> and <laughs> Cameron, running is dangerous. You could trip and put your head right through a CRT monitor. And then where does the website go? Huh? Uh, so safely, very safely, but determinedly go to Kickstarter and support Tall Poppy String Bands so they can make their album, which is going to be awesome. And has some it's very gonna be cool good. It already words. is good. It is good. Yeah, it's going to be even more good if we can get them over even the gooder. hump. Even gooder. Um, yeah. So that's all I got. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll be back next week. Until that time, I've been Nathan Hunt, and my rump is rattled. I'm Cameron Dewitt, and when I die, I'm going to the good place. <laughs> <laughs>